Pastor Jimmy Bryant right there. Many of you have seen him. He's been here several times. And uh, that is a ministry that we support uh, on a monthly basis. That is our Bridge to Hope ministry. So weekly, guys, weekly, turn to somebody and say air week. Amen. Weekly, we go out and we have a soup kitchen. We go out and we help those that are homeless, those that are lonely, those that are hurting. Every single week. We also, the building you saw him in, that building is in Rosewood, which is not far from here. And we actually do our Celebrate Recovery ministry in that building every uh, Tuesday night. So every Tuesday night, Celebrate Recovery is going on in that building. And we're ministering to so many people. Uh, Also, we do prison ministries. You heard him talking about that. So guys, this is another ministry that we help every single month. And if you're just sitting around, you say, man, I want to get involved. I want to help jump in. Uh, You know, going to prisons is not for everybody, but maybe it's for you. Uh, You know, maybe you say, you know what? I want to go in and talk to some guys. I want to see if I can impact their lives. And man, that option is available to you. If you say, hey, I want to take off a couple weekends and maybe go help feed some people and run the soup kitchen and all that. Guess what? That opportunity is available for you. So there's plenty of opportunities to serve and get involved and make a difference in the community and make a difference in people's lives. Turn to somebody and say, amen. All right, guys. Are you ready for a word today? Come on, how many of you guys are glad that cool weather is set in? Anybody excited about that? Where's all my summer people? Where's the summer people at? Come on, raise your hands high, all the summer folks. Yes, it's fall in Jesus' name. So, man, I'm so, I am not a summer person. I, you know, I like the summer okay, but I would rather hang out in this kind of weather. That's why most of, you see most of the guys are hanging outside because we just, we love this weather. It's amazing. And uh, so anyway, we're very thankful for that. Uh, let me ask this question. How many of you guys, I want to see who my planners are in the house because I've got a job for you. How many of you guys have already started your Christmas shopping planning? <laughs> Come on, hold on. Let me see you. Okay, I got you. I got you dialed in. Those are the planners. How many of you guys are like me? December the 23rd and 24th, we getting it done. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. I knew I wasn't alone. So anyway, guys, man, it's, it's amazing to look at The year 2020 has all of the challenges, I'll say, that this year has brought to us. And to look around and see that God is still moving, He's still on His throne, He's still working, is just absolutely amazing. And so we are wrapping up our series today entitled, I Am the Bridge. Turn to somebody and say, I am the bridge. Come on, say it again. Say, I am the bridge. And we've been talking about this sermon during this sermon series that being the bridge, it's not so much just a name on the building. It's not really a building at all. Because when you talk about being the bridge to something, it's really being the church, being who God called us to be. And Jesus Christ actually gave us a mission, a mission to go fishing and tell people about Jesus Christ. And so one of the ways we do that is we become that bridge to connect people 
to Jesus. And so we've been talking about how we are a bridge to the hurting, a bridge to the fatherless, a bridge to the poor, a bridge to reconciliation, racial reconciliation, being a bridge to all of these things and so much more. That's who the church is called to be. You understand when you're talking about the church, you're not necessarily talking about a building. You're not talking about brick and mortar and metal and all of these construction elements. You and I are the church. If you've accepted Christ into your life, into your heart, then you are the church. And we have that mission. The church has what? Left the building. We are called to be the church. And so we've been talking a lot about being the church and what that looks like. And today, we're going to wrap this series up. And we're going to be talking about how we can be a bridge to the lonely, a bridge to the lonely. Here's one of the things that I believe in my heart that God wants us to do as a church, and that is simply to love the lonely, to love on them, to let them know you're not just a face in the crowd. You're not just somebody just going through life. You are important. You are special. You are a child of God. And so we're called to love the lonely. You know, I'm reminded when you go back to the book of Genesis and when God was creating the earth and everything in it, what did he do? He would create something, he would step back and he would use the wording. What would he say? That is good. He would create this, that's good. Create that, that's good. Create, create, create. And he kept saying that is good, that is good. But it wasn't until God created Adam and he looked at Adam that in Genesis chapter 2 verse 18, what did he say? He said, it's It's not good that man should be alone. So for the first time ever, everything else that God created, he was looking at it saying it was good, it was good, it was good. But the first thing that God said was not good was when he looked at man and said, it's not good that you're alone. Now, if I were to ask you a question today and say, hey guys, who do you think the lonely are? No doubt, most of you would probably be thinking, well, that's somebody else, it's not really me. Oftentimes, we want to try to categorize those who may be lonely. Well, it's this group of people or that group of people. Those are the ones that are lonely. But I want to kind of expand your thinking for a moment today on who actually might be lonely. And I think you're going to be really surprised. Because there's actually a growing word in the vocabulary that's kind of making some traction right now. And it's called relational poverty. Relational poverty. That basically means that you're you're poor in community. You're lacking the support system that you need in your life. It's relational poverty. And you guys remember last week, we talked about material poverty and soul poverty and purpose poverty. Well, relational poverty is something you deal with as well. Do you understand that you can be around a whole lot of people and still feel alone? Do you understand that you can sit in a crowded church with everybody around you and have that deep sense of loneliness inside of you? You can be a stay-at-home mom and still feel lonely. You can work around a whole lot of people and you really like your job. You like what you do, but there's something missing there that you don't like and there's this sense of loneliness on the inside of you. You could be in a dysfunctional marriage and you're sleeping beside your spouse and yet you're lonely. 
There's something you're missing on the inside. You can be a successful business person and you've, you've risen to the top and you're successful and you've got the degrees and you've got the money and you've got all that. Great. But now that you're at the top, you feel like you can't talk to anyone. You feel like you can't open up to anyone. And there's this sense of loneliness inside of you. It's relational poverty. It's lacking the intimacy and the connections in order to live a meaningful life. And people are experiencing this on a daily basis. Being in a crowded room and feeling all alone. Being in a place where you should have all these friends and all these connections and and all of these people around you. And yet you feel like you're by yourself. You feel like you're just a face in the crowd. And so then you got to ask yourself, why is this such a growing problem? Because right now we are facing relational poverty more now than ever before. And you got to ask yourself, why is that? Well, let me just give you a few reasons as to why. Matter of fact, Craig Rochelle, Pastor Greg Rochelle lists some of these things. And he says this, the first reason why would be the breakdown of families. The breakdown of families. So we're living in a time where unfortunately 50% of marriages end in a divorce. And hear me today, if you've, if you've experienced a divorce, if you've had to walk through the tragedy of that, we just want to let you know, man, we love you, we're here for you, we support you, and we want to help you in every way we can. But when a divorce happens, you've got this stuff going here and that stuff going there, and these are my friends and those are your friends, and so there's this breakdown of the relationships. Here's the second reason why it's happening is because increased mobility. Come on, how many of you know nobody stays in one place very long anymore? Come on, I remember when I was growing up, and I was born and raised in Rocky Mount, North Carolina, and my family lived in Rocky Mount, North Carolina their whole lives. Why? They set roots down there. But we're living in an age where things are just so transient. People are on the move. People are going here, going there. And so they don't stay anywhere long enough to really allow roots to go down deep. Can I just say this to you? We do it with churches also. We kind of like to jump from church to church to church to church. And, and, and look, you got to get somewhere and get some roots down. Come on, turn to somebody and say, get some roots down. Here's the third reason why relational poverty is on the ride is heavy workloads. You ever ask anybody how they're doing? What do they tell you? Busy. How's your day going? Busy. How's work? Busy. How's life? Busy. We are so consumed with work that we're not able to connect intimately with other people. Here's the fourth reason why social media. Come on, social media. Let me ask you a question. How many of you guys post something on social media? You post a a video, a picture or something, and you turn around in five minutes, you're looking to see who liked it. Come on, don't lie to me. Let's have some fun today. Come on, how many of you are doing that? And if you don't get any likes, what do you do? Well, nobody just likes me. I just don't understand it. Everybody's left me. I keep refreshing and nobody's looking at me. What is that? Why do we do that? Because there's this longing on the inside for intimacy. So how do we fix that? How can we love the lonely? How can we be a bridge to the lonely? Let me give you three points today at how we can be a bridge to the lonely and how we can really love those who are lonely. Here's the first one. Number one, we're going to love with touch. Come on, this is for all the men folk in the house. And all the men said... 
You missed your opportunity. We're going to love with touch. All the men in the house are looking at your spouse saying, there you go, baby. I'm lonely. Come on. Come on. There's times when I walk in and I'm like, Misty, can you just please hold me, baby? Can you just please hold me today? Can you please touch me? So there's loving with touch. Now, let me, let me give you some scripture that can help identify what I'm talking about. Matthew chapter 8, verse 2. It talks about this man with leprosy. It says, this man with leprosy came and knelt down before him, talking about Jesus. And look at what this guy says to Jesus. He says, Lord, if you're willing... You can make me clean. If you're willing, you can make me clean. Notice this guy didn't question whether or not Jesus could heal him. He didn't question that. He said, Lord, hey, I know you can heal me. If you're willing to do it, you can take care of this right here. And here's what you need to understand about someone with leprosy. This was a very debilitating disease. If you had leprosy, your lifespan was about 10 years and that was it. And what would happen to your body physically over the 10 years is very, very gruesome. Your muscles would change. Your skin would change. Your vocal cords would change. Your face would begin to get dysfunction. Your whole body would change and it began to decompose. So you can imagine the smell. You can imagine the look. And this is why that people who had leprosy were put outside the community. They weren't allowed to come into the churches. They weren't allowed to come into the marketplaces. They were put outside of the communities. You remember last week, I told you about Father Damien, the Catholic priest. And he sailed to this little place and he goes in and he stays 16 years on this place that specifically was for lepers. Nobody else was there but just him and a bunch of lepers. And for two, he built himself over 2,000 coffins, put him together so these people could be buried with dignity. You're talking about somebody being alone. These people had nobody to love on them, nobody to talk with them, nobody wanted to come near them because, listen, the Levitical law stated if you touched one of them, if you brushed up against one of them, then you yourself were considered unclean. You yourself were ostracized. You yourself couldn't be in the community or go into the churches. So this was a very lonely individual and he's there and he finds himself standing and kneeling before Jesus And let me show you what happens. He says, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Look at verse 3. Jesus does this. Look at the wording. He reached out his hand and touched him. He reached out his hand and touched the man and said, I'm willing, he said, be clean. And immediately the guy was cleaned of leprosy. Now, I want you to imagine with me just for a moment, if you would, you're standing there and someone who has the most contagious disease ever is kneeling before you. Now, I don't know about you, but I probably would have been like, okay, buddy, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you like right here in Jesus name. But what does Jesus do? He's standing there. This guy is kneeling and Jesus, watch this, reached out his hand and touched him. Don't miss how weighty that is. Because if you read all four Gospels, there are times where Jesus would heal people by just speaking the word. He just spoke the word and people were healed. Do you remember Lazarus? Lazarus was in the tomb. He was dead for three days. They rolled the stone away. Jesus didn't physically walk into the tomb and touch him. Jesus stood outside the tomb and spoke to the tomb and Lazarus came walking out. 
So why is it then that Jesus felt as though he needed to touch this man? I really believe that Jesus is trying to teach us something that the disease this man needed to be healed from the most was not so much leprosy, but a life of rejection. A life of feeling like you're just a faceless nobody in the crowd. A life of feeling all alone. A life of feeling that nobody loves me and nobody cares for me. And nobody would even notice what's happening to me. Maybe that's what Jesus is trying to teach us here. And there are some of you in here today, maybe listening by podcast. And maybe you feel as though you're just a face in the crowd. And nobody notices you. And nobody would take time to help you. Can I just tell you something? There is a God in heaven that never sleeps nor slumbers. But there is an all-knowing, all-seeing eye that watches over you day and night, night and day. And God has blessed you. God has anointed you. God has created you. Listen, you're not one in a million. You're one in seven billion. Come on, somebody. There's nobody else in the world like you. Turn to somebody and say, Amen. There's nobody like you. Turn to somebody and say, You're destined for impact. You're destined for impact. You're destined for impact. Guys, listen to me. I talk to people all of the time that feel like their life doesn't matter. They feel like they've got nothing to contribute. But can I tell you something? God has created you and he has blessed you and he has put you right where you are. He has given you a voice to speak words that only you can speak. He has given you talents to do things that only you can do. He's done that so that you could leave your mark and put a dent in the universe you're destined for impact and God loves you and sometimes you need to touch people and listen I know we're in COVID and I know we need to social distance and I'm not saying that you need to go out and start hugging a bunch of people but you can touch people by recognizing them hey I see you I understand you. I understand what you're going through. I love you. You're destined for impact. We're going to love people by touching. Can you imagine when COVID is gone? Can you imagine how awkward it's going to be hugging people? Come on, it's like, how do you do it? I don't know. But I don't know about you, but, you know, having, having four kids... There are times, and, and two of our oldest, come on, they're too old to sit in daddy's lap anymore. Have any of you ever experienced that? Your kids get too old. They don't want to have nothing to do with you. They just roll their eyes at you. They don't need you no more. Come on, they're you know, smacking all the time. But I still got two babies. Come on, somebody. I still got my, come here, come here, come here, boys. Come here, come here, come here real quick. Come here, come here, come here real quick. Come here, ADP, come here. Here's my baby boy right here. This is my man. And you know what? I'm going to love him. I'm going to give me some ADP love and some sugar all I can. And it does my soul good. Come on, somebody. It does you so good. I'll come home after a long day. I'll sit down, and every once in a while, little ADP, he'll come up there and he'll say, Daddy, can I sit in your lap? I'm like, yes, sir, baby. Come on right here. This does your heart good. That interaction. Someone to look at you and say, man, Roxanne, hey, I, I see you. And you're destined for impact. And God's blessed you and he's anointed you. 
And you have to hold on to that. You, you don't have to be lonely and feel like nobody knows me. God knows you. And so one of the ways that we've got to be that bridge to the lonely is we've got to recognize people. There may be times where you need to just come and put a hand on a shoulder or something. Not now, but you know, when it's gone. Amen? But we love by touch. Here's the second one. Here's for all the ladies in the house. We love by listening. And all the ladies said, amen. We love by listening, men. We love by listening. Here's the thing. Most people don't listen with the intent to understand you. They listen with the intent to do what? Respond or reply. So the whole time someone's talking to you and you're nodding your head like, yeah, I got you. I understand you. But the whole time you're thinking to yourself, how am I going to get a comeback on this one? And that's the way most people are. But we need to love people by listening to people. I thought about Jesus and how he was the ultimate listener. And there was a time where he was, he was killed and put in the tomb. He was resurrected. And there was these two guys on the road to Emmaus. And they're walking. And their whole life has been torn apart. They're walking down the road. Their hopes have been dashed because they're looking at Jesus as he was the Messiah to build the kingdom on earth. But they didn't understand that Jesus was building a heavenly kingdom. And he needed to die and raise from the grave so that you and I could have access to him. And so they didn't understand that. And so their hopes are dashed. They're depressed. They're lonely. And Jesus comes up alongside of them and starts having a dialogue. Luke chapter 24, verse 17, Jesus asked them a question. He says, hey guys, what are you discussing as you walk along? And they stood still, their faces downcast. And one of them named Cleopas asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem that does not know the things that have happened there in these days? Now, in that moment, you understand that Jesus could have responded totally different. Jesus could have just simply said, bam, it's me. Holla, here I'm at. And that would have changed the whole atmosphere. But watch what Jesus does. He asked him a question. Hey, guys, what's going on? But then watch what he says. He asked him, he says, hey, what things are you talking about? Hey, why are you acting like this? What's going on? What, what, what are you talking about? Are you unaware of all this? And Jesus says, hey, just tell me what you're talking about. Hey, hey, man, I ain't got nowhere to go. Let's walk down the road. Tell me what's going on. Tell me what's happening on the inside. Tell me your story. Let me know what's happening. And I think that there is such great meaning in that, that Jesus was modeling for us that we live in a world that people don't even, I mean, people that need to know that we love them before they even have the answers. Let me ask you a question. When's the last time you went up to someone and said, hey man, I'm praying for you. Hey, how's things going in your life? And then we use one word that changes the whole trajectory of it all. Really. How's things going in your life? Really. What's happening right now? You do it by listening. The problem is we're so busy in this life and we're running here and we're running there and we're involved in this and we're involved in that and we've got so much stuff consuming us that we don't take time to sit down and listen to people. You know, sometimes Misty will come home and, and she's talking and she's da 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 and, and I'm Mr. Fix-It. I'm like, all right, here's what you need to do, girl. Number one, this. Number two, this. Number three, that. And at those times, she just looks at me and like, I didn't ask you to respond. 
Come on, has anybody, any other man in the house felt that before? I didn't ask you to respond. Why? Because sometimes she's just needing me to listen to her heart. She's needing for me to just listen at what's going on. One of the most powerful ways that you can love a person is to listen to them. And not be in a hurry. But listen to them. Isn't it amazing that God gave us two ears and one mouth? Maybe he wants us to listen twice as much as we speak. You know, when I was in college going through, uh, trying to get my bachelor's in Christian counseling and all of that, one of the things that they teach you about is ministry of silence. It's ministry of silence. That when you go into a room, when you go into a family, and their whole world has just been turned upside down, they don't need a whole lot of theology. They don't need you going in there preaching. They don't need you to do it. They just need you to go in there and sit with them and share their pain and love on them. Guys, one of the greatest ways we can be a bridge to the lonely and let the lonely know that we love them is to listen to them. And then here's the third one. We're going to love with time. We're going to love with time. Jesus had three and a half years of ministry. And in those three and a half years, he fit in so much stuff. He was constantly on the move. He was going here. He was going there. He was also healing people. He was preaching to crowds. He was multiplying fish and loaves. He was doing all of this stuff, but he was never so busy that he couldn't be interrupted. Let me say that again. He was never so busy that he couldn't be interrupted. And we see this time and time and time again in the Gospels. In in Matthew chapter 14, this is not in your notes. Matthew 14, uh, verses 13 and 14. Jesus hears about John the Baptist and how he's beheaded. beheaded. And so he's, he's, he's feeling this anguish in his heart. And so he wants to go and be alone. And so he goes to a remote place to be alone. But he looks up and all the crowds have gathered. And the Bible says he had compassion on them and he healed them. One of the greatest stories of this happening is in Luke chapter 5 when Jesus is in the house and he's preaching and there's people just overflowing out of the door. There's people all around the house. There's no room to get in, but then there's four guys that hear Jesus is here and hey, we've got a friend that we need to get him into the presence of God. And so they bring him to the outside of the house, but there's no way to get him in. Hey, you can't come in. Jesus is preaching. Man, he's on his second point. You can't come in right now. What do they do? They go up on the man's roof and start pulling back the clay and the mud and the material, and they drop the man right in front of Jesus when he is on the third point of his sermon. Did Jesus look at him and say, wait a minute, man, I'm almost through. I'll get you. What did Jesus do? He stopped immediately. And he looked at this man. And he says, your sins are forgiven. And oh, by the way, take up your bed and go home. Don't miss the power of this. Because sometimes we get so much in a hurry in life. And we feel like we can't be interrupted. We can't be interrupted. There's so much going on. There's so much that I'm just overwhelmed with meeting the needs over here. I'm overwhelmed with meeting the needs over there. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I'm caught up in this. I'm caught up in that. But hear me today. Whoever God puts in front of you is God's assignment for you. Come on, that was a big one. Whoever God puts in front of you is God's assignment for you.
no matter how busy you are, no matter what's going on, no matter the circumstances, no matter what's taking place, if God puts somebody in front of you, that's His assignment for you. Interesting enough, if we, if we would take time to minister to the people in front of us, then every need in our community, in our town, I would dare say in our world, would be met. One of the best ways you love people is giving them your time. I'm afraid that we are living in a culture today that it, we are so bombarded with these things that seem so urgent that we've got no time for the important. Let me say that again. We, 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 we're living in a world, we're living in a society where everything just seems so urgent. You got to do it now. You got to do it now. You got to do it now. And we're leaving no time for what's really important. So I want you to lean in. Write this down. This is in your notes. Don't let the urgent crowd out the important. Don't let the urgency of your life Crowd out what's important in your life. My wife has taught me a lot of lessons over the years. Come on, all the men in the house, if you got a spouse, you said what? Three of you. <laughs> I'm very goal-oriented. You ask anybody on our team here at the church. I go after things and I give it everything I got. I give it my attention. I give it, I give it too much. And sometimes it costs me time with my family. And I, it, it's happened too many times through the years. And so Misty has to constantly remind me, hey, you understand that when you're old and somebody needs to take care of you, that we all you got. She reminds me of that a lot. Because <laughs> you guys probably ain't going to be around. <laughs> but she reminds me, hey, slow down. Man, if I could give you a word, it would be slow down. Take a breath. Man, it's a marathon, not a sprint. There's some people that need you. There's some assignments that God has put in front of you, but, but we, we miss it. And I put me in the category, we miss it because we think everything else is so urgent. And we miss what's very important. Slow down and take a breath. How do we bridge the lonely? We're going to love with touch. We're going to love by listening. And we're going to love by giving them our time. And for some of you, maybe you've, you've come in here this morning and, man, maybe you're, you feel like you're lonely. You're looking around and you're seeing all these people in here and you still feel lonely. And you say, Pastor, man, I, man I'm lonely. I know I've got people all around me, but I'm lonely. Here's what I want you to understand is that, number one, we love you. Come on, we love you. We're here for you. 
Man, listen, guys, if, if God lays someone in this church on your heart, go talk to them. You know, you guys are great at that. Go talk to them. You know, exchange some digits. Hey, you mind if I call you, pray for you? But here's most important of all is that God loves you. And I'm going to leave you with this final scripture in Isaiah 41.10. For those of you that may feel lonely today, this is a scripture for you. Do not fear, God says, for I am with you. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I'm with you. I'm your God. Now watch what he says. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. God says, hey man, I got you. I got you. Got some surgery coming up this week, Mr. Weather. God said, hey man, I got you. I've got that. I've got that. You got some things happening in your life right now? God says, hey, hey, slow your roll. I've got it. I've got it. Trust in me. Trust in him. Lean not to your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge Him. And what will He do? He will direct your path. Just put your trust in God today. Come on, let's be a bridge to the lonely. Let's love them by a touch. And again, right now, that could be you just simply recognizing somebody. Let's love them by listening. Don't be in such a hurry that you're moving in and out, in and out, in and out, and God's assignment is right here in front of you and you've missed it. Catch the assignment that God has for you. And then you're going to love by giving them your time. You may need to go out to lunch with them. You may need to sit down with them, whatever that may look like for you. But we are the bridge. And it's not just a name on the sign. It's what the church is called to be. Stand with me all over the house. Father, thank you for these moments, for this series. We've been in this series for several weeks now, and we've been talking about what the church is called to be and the mission that you've given us a mission to go fishing, a mission to be that bridge, to bridge people to draw closer to you. And so, God, we just lay our hearts down before you today. We lay our lives down. And, Father, we just simply say we need you. And we want you to come into our hearts and come into our lives. In Jesus' name. Heads bowed all over the house. Maybe you come in here today and you say, Pastor, man, I'm lonely. I'm I'm dealing with stuff that nobody knows about but me. Would you pray for me? Come on, if you're in the house today, would you just simply slip a hand and say, would you pray for me? Seize the hands. See the hands. Father, you're our God. You're our Lord, our Savior. You're our everything. Nothing gets back past you. You didn't blink one day and something happened that was without you knowing. You know everything that's going to happen in our lives. And so God, right now, We lay it all down before you. And Father, there's some people in this place that have come in here, maybe those listening by podcast right now, and they're experiencing some loneliness, God. 
And Father, I pray that you would wrap your arms around them. May they feel your touch, oh God. May they feel your touch in this moment. Lord, may they experience you. May they reach out to you and hold on to you. Lord, lift them up and give them strength that surpasses all understanding. In Jesus' name. Now look at me, guys. We've been talking about this day for several weeks now. We have an opportunity today to be the church like never before in the area in our giving. Again, we've been talking about this. And listen, if you've come in here this morning and it's your first time, second time here, listen, this, you don't feel no obligation here. Please don't feel obligated. Now, if you got something, give it. But if don't feel obligated. But you know my heart on that. But we've been talking about this for a good little while. And I know many of you have been giving online. And man, praise God for that. We thank you for that. Uh, many of you are going to give online. And you do. Man, thank you for that. But we have an opportunity. I've told you what this offering is going to go for. This offering that we're taking up today. And we're going to extend it because I know there's maybe some couldn't come today or whatever the case. And that's fine. So we're going to extend it for a couple more weeks. But what is this offering going to go to? Where, what, what is your giving going to go to? Let me just explain to you where it's going. It's going to go to Bridge to Hope Ministries. We're going to bless those people. We're going to feed more people than we've ever fed before. We're going to help clothe people. We're going to help get some addicts off the street and celebrate recovery. We're going to do that. We're going to reach out right straight across the street here to a one of the greatest mission fields we've got, and that is to Triple S High School. We're going to be a blessing to those guys. We're going to help them financially. We're going to help bless them. We're going to help lift them up. We're going to do that. We're going to help Belize. Belize. We've got a campus in Belize right now. We're going to be helping them. Not only that, we're going to be helping the people of Kentucky. We've talked about all of this. We're going to help them. You say, Pastor, we're helping a lot of people. You daggone right we are because the church has left the building and we want to continue to be a blessing to people. But not only that, we also understand that what we've got inside the four walls of this church is something amazing. How many of you would agree with that? Come on, somebody. Anybody? Three of you. How many of you would agree that we've got something amazing in the four walls of this house? I personally think it's a sin to keep it here. So we want to get the message out. So one of the things we'd love to be able to do, we'd love to be able to do it this month, is get the equipment that we need to start live streaming our services. A lot of our people have still yet to be able to come in here. We've got about 50% of our congregation attending right now, sometimes a little less, but somewhere around 50% of our congregation. We've got 50% of our people that are not able to be here with us. And so we want to live stream our services so they can watch it, so that they can experience. But not only that, we want to get this message out to other people in the community, other people around the world. If we believe that what we've got is amazing and life-changing, it's a sin to keep it in this building. The church has left the building, and we need to get it out. How many of you would agree with that? Amen? So we want to do that today. Where's my baby at? Where's my baby at? Come here, sweetie. This is my lovely wife, and I know she married up. Amen? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> we're not going to ask you to do something we're not willing to do. Now, I know, and again, a lot of you give online and all that, and please understand me, that's fine. But 
we want to lead the way at our home and our family. And so we're going to be the first ones to drop something in here as an act of faith. Just to say, God, we're going to do it. So here's the way we're going to do it. I'm not going to let all of you come up at one time. We want to, you know, we want to honor people's space and all of that. But here's what I'll do. I'll, I'll just do sections. Please, please, please hear my heart. If you've given online or anything like that, don't feel like you got to come up here. That's fine. If you come in here today and say, Pastor Man, I'm just not ready, that's fine. But if you come in here today and you're ready, come up here right now and drop it in this section right here. This section only. Amen. We're going to worship God while we're doing this. We're going to sing to Him. We're going to praise His name. And so let's just worship God right now together all over the house.